have a question for you. Is the Word of God, which is kind of important to us, amen? Is the Word of God timeless? Does it have power and meaning in every age, in every situation? What do you think? What do you believe? Is the Word of God timeless? Is, is the Word of God timely? Does the Word of God have something to say to you, to us, today, now, here? What do you think? We're going to put that to a test. Jeremiah is the prophet today. Jeremiah 17 is our passage. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. His name means the Lord exalts. There's not a whole lot of exaltation in his life. He's had a, he had a really rough go as a prophet, raised up as a priest, hauled he and his buddy Baruch, his scribe, were hauled off to Egypt as kind of a good luck charm by all of the leaders of the people of God and then hauled off eventually to Babylon where he served as one of the signs, the bright shining lights in a very dark time of exile. Let's test and, and see what the Lord has to say to us today. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, one of my traditions uh, that I like is that if we're possible, if it's at all possible with you, when we hear the Word of God, we stand as if the very Lord, uh, presence of the Lord is with us. So let's stand as we hear the Word of God. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Let's listen to God's Word. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water, by the river bank. It sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. What's Jeremiah trying to do here? He's giving a very, very clear, simple, obvious lesson. Two very different scenarios. Timeless? Timely? What do you think? Well, let's find out. How in the world did I come up with this passage today? Let me tell you, uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, I am not Chuck, Pastor Reverend Chuck Lugveld. Maybe you knew that already. If you didn't know that, I'm not him. Well, who are you? Well, my name is Dave. Hi. Oh, what a friendly crowd. I love it. Can you all say this two words for me, with me? Oh, man. Can you say that? Oh, man. 
Yesterday I was uh, on the way and I parked and landed at the uh, Presbytery meeting. This is a Presbyterian church and we have the, this geographical thing called a Presbytery and we have meetings. That's what we do. We presbyter, presbyters meet. I don't know if Cameron is here. Cameron, uh, is Cameron here? Wave your hand. Cameron, I can't see anybody. Cameron here? There she is. She's, oh, okay. All right. Bless your heart. She was there yesterday. I'm pulling into the parking lot. I, you know what? I think I'm going to check my cell phone, see if I got any texts. And I got a text from Nick. Help! Chuck is sick. He's got a sinus infection. Oh, man! What are we going to do? So uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I can handle this. I've handled this kind of stuff before. We were at this presbytery meeting. I'll, you know, it's just a meeting in the presbytery. I'll go sit in the last pew back there with all the other Presbyterians, and, and I'll write my sermon. I mean, I got a lot of them. I've been doing this for a couple of days. And uh, so I'm in the back, and I'm writing the sermon down. And uh, we had a guest speaker yesterday. His name, her name was Caitlin Moore, and she was the, she's the director of Church Health and Eco. I didn't need to listen to her. I'm working on a sermon here for tomorrow. I called Nick. said, Nick, no problem. I got it. I don't know what I'm going to say. So, uh, but I'm working on my sermon here while Caitlin is speaking. And I'm listening, and I'm praying. Lord, I don't know, this sermon I'm working on here. So I preached it a month ago, and not bad, but it's not working. I don't know if it's right for Northminster. And so Caitlin is speaking, and she's bringing up this passage that you see before you. And I was going, huh, yeah. Well, that's the sign of the church right there. The church is somebody who's, Right? They trust in the Lord, right? They're leaning on Him. Their confidence is in Him. They're like a tree planted by the water by the river, right by the river bank. Sends its roots into the stream. That's <laughs> the church. I'm like, oh, well, maybe she's got something to say to us today. So I'm looking on, and, and I'm listening now. I'm putting my sermon away. Okay, well, we'll do that later. And then she shows, asks this question, um, about bridges. And I'm like, oh man, she's lost me here. Bridges, you know. Yeah, bridges. Uh, bridges are kind of important. They connect, right? What do bridges do? They connect. They help people travel. They, they, you know, they, have, they serve a purpose, all this kind of stuff. And I know that the Illinois bridge that crosses, you know, over the Illinois River here in Peoria, it's kind of an important bridge, right? I mean, if it blew up or if it sank in the water, whatever, something happened, um, you have a few other bridges you can cross, right? Well, in Honduras, and in Panama, they have this river <laughs> uh, called uh, the Chalatun Bridge, or river, and they built this bridge over it. Would you mind uh, showing the picture of the slide of the bridge? They built this bridge a number of years ago, and they really, in order to do it, they wanted to build a solid bridge, just like we want to build a solid church, right? Uh oh, did I lose you? Right? Good. Sometimes I do lose people, so hang in there with me. Hang in tight. So she's showing us this picture of the slide, and, and uh, she's referring to this bridge as a, just a, an engineering gem. They had to 
go all international to get the right design, the right builders, get the right people to build this bridge over the river so that the nations of Honduras and Panama could connect. Just like, just like the church, we need to connect and, and bring people to in, up, out. We need to do that oscillating work of, of coming in here, getting fed, going out, and, and being real for the world, present for people in need. So this bridge was built, and it was solid, as you can see, and then something happened. Hurricane Mitch. Anybody familiar with, remember Hurricane Mitch? It's pretty devastating, especially for Central America. Um, when Hurricane Mitch, go ahead and show the slide. It's a hurricane, you know, it's a category, whatever Mitch was. It was a blaster, and it just really hammered away at Panama and Honduras. So, with the, the force of the wind and the water in that area, what do you think happened to this, this bridge, the Chalatean Bridge? Well, let's find out. Let's take a, picture. Let's take a look at the next picture. There's the bridge. That's the bridge right there. What happened? The river moved. Now what? Well, we're going to make people use the bridge anyway, right? <laughs> what are we going to do? What would you do? What, and and where, uh, where are the people going to go? How are they going to cross this river? The, the, the water moved. Hmm. So when she showed that slide to us, I went, aha. All right. There's a lot of stuff going on in our world, amen? And the, I don't know about you, but I've seen a seismic <laughs> changes in my lifetime. I mean, huge seismic, how we do civilization, how we communicate with one another. It's really changing. I mean, some of it's really positive, and some of them it's like, no. I lived in New York for a while, and we learned something called the Bronx Cheer. Anybody know what the Bronx Cheer is? <laughs> I never did that in a pulpit before. Today's my first. Bronx cheer. What did you do? What did you learn from Pastor Dave today? I learned the Bronx cheer. This, this has been a tough couple. I don't know how long. What's this season that we've been in? Wow. I mean, think about the changes that have happened in just a generation to things like marriage. These institutions that we, that we, 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 we look at and say, hmm, what else has changed? We have all kinds of seismic shifts in our culture, long-standing foundational building blocks that have been slammed by the cultural hurricane, the climate of today, where the leaders and the followers are following and drawing from some other source other than Almighty God. And it sure feels like a chaotic mess. Amen? Huh. So, uh, the question, I think, is a good one, and that's uh, from some sermon notes. I don't know if you've got a sermon notes here in the study guide and the handout. This is produced by Chuck for his sermon. The first question. It's pretty good. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> Where do you go to for your strength? What's your go-to place? Or who is your go-to place? Or does Jeremiah have something to say to us about this? Well, Jeremiah he was just a prophet. 
nothing going on in his life. He was a prophet to a people in exile. They were moved. They were moved from their homeland. People on the move. Now, we got a lot of today. We have probably one of the peak times in all of human civilization where we have this incredible mass movement all over the planet. Can you imagine having to just pick up and start traveling? What are they looking for? Where are they going? What are they hoping for? And if that were you, where, what would you do? Where would you go? What would be your place, your go-to place? One time we had a border collie, had her hen for a day. <laughs> it's a good border collie, beautiful border collie, but petrified. And we took him for a walk around our property, and there was a German shepherd. We have a nice neighbor, but they have a very not nice German shepherd. And the German shepherd went right after this new border collie. His name was Finn. And Finn got out of his collar and just took off and ran. And we all formed a search party. We couldn't find him. And I thought to myself, Lord, help us out here. Where, where would Finn go? I thought, ah, oh, what's his happy place? Even though he's only been here a day, his happy place is the van that brought him here. He's like, get me inside that van and bring me back from where I came. And so I said, you know what? I wonder if he's in the garage. There he is waiting. Take me home. Where is your safe place? Where is your, that place where you draw strength and power and wisdom and direction? What's a go-to place for you? Well, J Jeremiah is telling us something here, and it's really stark. It's very clear. He's got two different, very, very different scenarios here, stark difference. He wants to make the lesson pretty clear, right? <laughs> We've got two very different scenarios, two different guys represented by two different trees. Um, what are they? Well, one of them is a like a shrub, and the other one is a very vibrant tree. Two different declarations. One of them is cursed. The other one is what? What was that? Blessed. Just checking. Two different locations. Two different experiences. One was experiencing prosperity. Which one was experiencing prosperity? The shrub. Wait a minute. And what, what was the experience of the, uh, of the man, the tree? Hardship. Well, that doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be the other way around. No, Jesus said it. He said, you know, the sun's going to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, and the rain's going to fall on the good as well as the bad. Hmm. I'll have to check into that in a minute. The results, of course, the results are arid, death, you know, death valley, and the results for the other ones, fruit, fruit, but not just, you know, in season, all the time. The leaves are always green. The fruit is always bearing. And what's the, what's the, key, what's the key difference maker? What's the key point of this passage in terms of, of what makes things happen? Let's look at our passage, the front end as well as the back end. Cursed is the one who trusts in who? In who? In man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart does an about face with God, turns 
literally, when you're not facing and orienting to the Lord, you're just, there's a rejection happening here. Rejection. Now the other one. Where is he oriented to? The blessed one. But the blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. It's all about orientation. Are you oriented to the Lord? Amen? The answer to that is, yeah, you're here. (laughs) You're at church. You're worshiping. By the way, worshipers today, more and more, are an endangered species. You know what I mean? I mean, I visit lots of churches. I, uh, I visit them a lot, like what I'm doing with you. One of my side gigs for a while was changing light bulbs in churches. I had it. That's truly true. I, I, had a, I had a lift. I had ladders. I would go to churches in Chicago, anywhere between Rockford and uh, Madison, Milwaukee to Chicago. That was my rectangle. And I visited lots of churches. And a lot of these churches, especially during COVID, were what? Oh, man. Empty. Doing everything, trying to do everything they could. Trying to do everything they could. The river had moved. And so they're trying to reach out, connect up, you know, making calls to all the people who everybody in the church family, whether they're members or not, whether they're covenant partners or not, whatever they call them, they're reaching out, calling, calling. And guess what? When the light was green and they decided to say, okay, it's all y'all come back, guess what happened? Endangered species. What is Jeremiah telling you and me? Well, we can worship anywhere, right? We can worship. We can worship anywhere we want to. Mom probably can, but guess what? It is really good when the people of God link arms and worship Almighty God together, not solo. You people here at Northminster Presbyterian Church, you are an example of this, a living, lively example of what God is doing in you. Now I'm going to shift gears just for a moment to suggest to you what you already know. And I'm going to take you to to the Gospel of John chapter 4. You're familiar with the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. (laughs) She's going to her source. She's trying to find some water in high noon. It's a strange time of day, but she wanted to get there, probably while nobody else was around. And who was there? Who was there? Jesus was there. Huh. The Savior of the world, sitting by the well, kind of thirsty. Woman, how about a drink? I need some water. Well, that's funny. You, a Jew, asking me, a woman, a uh, Samaritan, you know, for water? And what does he say to her? Woman, if you knew who was, who was asking you for a drink, you would ask me for what? For living water. This water comes and goes, but the water I can give to you, I will give to you. When you drink of it, not only will you be satisfied, not only will you be a recipient of it, you'll become a fountain. A fountain of living water. Do you see what's going on here? This is what God does with us. He doesn't just feed us. He turns us into what? 
doesn't just satisfy our thirsts. He turns us into fountains. Why? Well, that's where Jesus is. He's, he's in the mix. He's in the middle of things. This morning, uh, I was still working on my sermon, believe it or not, <clears throat> and uh, I had breakfast at the hotel where they set you up. Thank you very much. That was great. Keith, I don't know where you are, but thank you. Um, the, uh, the waitress, the hostess, she was kind of all in one, right? There were two of us who were, you know, having breakfast, so she didn't have much to do, so she served me my food, and I thought to myself, I'm going to ask her, see if she can help me with my sermon. I said, what's your name, Tara? I said, you know, I'm a guest preacher over here at Northminster, and um, I'm working on this sermon. Can you help me out? What do you think about what's going on in the world today? She's like, whoa, boy, I don't know. It's just a crazy world right now. It's, everything's different, you know. If Abraham Lincoln were dropped into today, boy, he just would run away screaming. And so I found out a little bit more about her. She's from out of town, and she uh, doesn't have a car, and uh, she's working, I don't know, two different jobs, and she uh, uh, just discovers that a lot of people are just very unfriendly today. A lot of people are just very unfriendly. There's no smiling going on. I try to smile, and nobody smiles back at me anymore, and it's just not a very friendly place. I said, yeah, I know. Well, so what do you think the solution is? She said, I don't know. Well, where, do you, where do you go to 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 find, you know, some help. And she was thinking about it, and while she was, this young guy named Connor, he's about 20 years old, he starts to slip in, I think he's trying to see if she wanted to help, you know, busting my table. She said, no, I got this, I'm helping him, him out with his sermon. <laughs> so Connor comes up and goes, well, what are you talking about? I said, Connor, what you, what's going on with the world? And Connor's like, well, it's, pe- people are just, you know, they need to you need to have common ground. We've got to find a way to be friendlier with each other. And I, I asked him, are you, are you finding that? No, well, eh, sometimes, you know, you work at it. You've got to work at it, though. I said, well, what's the solution? People are the solution. Gotta, people have got to change. you just got to go back to old school, you know, and that's, that's how it works. I said, well, you know, I'm going to be talking about some prophet. You know, his name is Jeremiah, and he's got... He, he really says, you know, we've got to lock in in the, in the one who laid the foundation, the one who built us, the one who designed us. And, uh, and instantly I could tell that they were like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Hopefully the seed, you know, you start to plant a seed. I asked Tara, the, the woman, I said, hey, are you looking for a church? Are you worshiping anywhere? Oh, I'd love to worship. Well, I know a church really good people, they would love you. I don't have a car. Hmm. It's over there on just off of Knoxville Road and, and uh, whatever that one is called, Mo- Mossville. She said, yeah, I'd love to go, but I don't have, a, I don't have any transportation. How do you get to and from work? I have, I have the, there's a person I work with. She's really great. And this is, I think, the, the essence of the message right here. In the middle of a mess that we live in, in the middle of a seismic changes, all kinds of stuff going on, guess who's in the middle of it? Who? God is. Plants his, his, his son and his presence, his spirit-filled agents right in the middle. So there's this woman who doesn't have any transportation, but there's somebody who's a salt-of-the-earth person, comes alongside her, says, I'll give you a ride. And anytime you need any help at all, you let me know. And she continues 
to say to her, God bless you. I have a friend, I play baseball. I don't know if you see me limping up here. <clears throat> but I play baseball. I play baseball for, uh, don't get too enthusiastic about this because this is for 65 and older seniors. It's like a clown show. <laughs> we put on our, we're the Pittsburgh Pirates. We put on our uniform. Arr! And uh, so one of the guys uh, in the league, his name is Joe, he discovered I'm a pastor, and he comes up to me and goes, hey, I hear you're a pastor. Pastor, pastor Dave, can I call you, call, you, call you Rev? Everybody else calls me Rev. Sure. And he says, you know what? One day we should do a Bible study. Whoa. So just this last week, we had a game. It was the World Series. We won. <laughs> Boom! Been waiting to do that all week. Um, Joe came up to me and said, basically gave his testimony to me. He said, you know what? I was uh, really successful. I had all of this prosperity going for me. I was on the board of trade. I was really making hay. I was married, had kids, had a nice home, but I was, I was faking it. And my life tanked. This guy's got the fire of the Lord under his belly. He said, I, my life just tanked. I hit bottom, but guess what? When I hit bottom, that's where I discovered the rock. I was like, yeah, that's better than a World Series victory, amen? Boy, good for you. Well, John, Joe, he said, you know what? We got this league. Uh, it's for really old guys. And they play on, guess what day of the week? Sunday. Come on. You know what he does? He connects up with all these other monkeys <laughs> They're pretending to, that they still, you know, there's got to be scouts checking me out, you know, 65 and older. And he says, you know what? I, I connect up with people who don't come in to worship. And I get to pass on the word of God to them. Wow. Wow. Now there's a servant of the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, here's the crux of that. Here's bring it down to conclusion here. Land the plane. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul is just saying it. He's just saying it. Look, there was a time when the people of God, his chosen people, were wandering. And they were looking for that place, like my border collie, looking for a place. And he said, the rock, which is Christ, traveled with them. In other words, we got a God who is everywhere. You all, when, you, when we say amen and we scatter, we, we salute each other and say goodbye and all that, you all are going to scatter to the four winds. But guess who's with you? He goes ahead of you, every one of you. Isn't that wild? This is how God works. And he wants us, he wants us, he invites us to come to his table where we can find again the place and the power of the source where he gives of himself his very food, heavenly food, his body, his blood. We were, we're reminded right here at this table how much he loves us, that he forgives us. We're reminded at this table that he's, he's looking for an RSVP. He reminds us that this is the place, this is 
the place where we can sink our roots in deep, where we can draw strength from the presence and the power of our Savior. That's a very simple message today. Where are you orienting your life? When adversity comes, when prosperity comes, who's your go-to? Where is your go-to? Are you looking for help from advice, from, you know, wisdom, from, you know, the lateral? Are you going right to the source, to God? He's a self-offering, generous, mighty, merciful God. In this communion table, we, uh, what do we do? We, we call this an open communion table. And there's a reason why. It's because when Jesus spoke, he said, come to me, all of you who are, what? Who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest from your souls. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Really? Yeah. Really. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is called an open communion table, which means basically that regardless of your faith or denominational, non-denominational, whatever background you come from, if you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you've been baptized in, you, in Him, there's a place that is set for you. If you trust and love the Lord even a little, if you're, if you're new or if you've been doing it for a while, there's a place that's set for you. He wants to feed you. The Father wants to feed you heavenly food. Now, if you are here and you're new, new to, the, new to Christianity, new to church, and you're not even aware of Jesus, don't know who he is, you're learning more about him, but you haven't quite made a, a, a commitment, a personal walk with a Savior, today I encourage you to consider prayerfully that the very person and presence of Jesus Christ is here. And I invite you to invite him into your hearts. To just say, Jesus, come and be my Lord. Wash me, fill me with your spirit. And let this spirit lead you. Uh, we're going to have communion where you're going to come up a row at a time. Right? You've done this before. And uh, not everybody can come forward, so there'll be uh, people offering communion to others who uh, uh, are serving and uh, helping as well as those who cannot come forward. And at the right time, when I get the Presbyterian nod from Nathan, uh, we'll all take the communion elements together. Hear these words of the institution of communion. They come to us from the Apostle Paul. I give to you that which was given to me, that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread coming down. And after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. It's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After they had supped, Jesus lifted up the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. All of you drink of it. It's, the, it's poured out for you for the remission of sin. All of you drink of it. Paul adds that as often as we break the bread and lift up the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, and he is coming. He will return. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Let's pray.
Great and almighty are you, O Lord, our God. What an amazing God you are. Holy, eternal, merciful, present, good. So we give you all the thanks and praise with joy. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, before time began, you existed in unity and in glory. And in your great love, you spoke the very foundations into being. You made us, even in your image. And you walked in close fellowship with us. We turned away from you, though. We sought our own will, inviting sin and death to enter into us. Nevertheless, you were and are and always will be faithful. You sent your Son into our world to live in our skin and to face sin without sinning. You absorbed the full impact of the blows of all of our sin, offering your body and blood on the cross. You paid the just penalty for all of our debts, all of our transgressions. And on day three, you were raised triumphantly to eternal life, and you paved the way, you led the way, you drew the way for our eternal life, our resurrection. Lord Jesus, you are now interceding at the Father's right hand, breathing your Holy Spirit upon your church. Breathe your Holy Spirit upon these souls who are here today, these people who are here joining with the heavenly and angelic voices, all the faithful of all time, crying, holy, 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 God of power and might. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Keep our eyes open, O God, even in the midst of the mess, because that's where you, you're here. So we praise you. And we thank you for your great love, for your perfect work on Calvary, for making your church new by water and the Holy Spirit. So what can we do in response for all your goodness? Well, we can RSVP, we can accept, we can receive, and we can give you the offering of thanksgiving and praise. Bless these elements, O oh God, of bread and cup. Bind us together with you and with one another the body of Christ. Feed us this heavenly food, Father, that you've prepared. Heal the souls of any wounds that are here today. We pray this through Christ Jesus, who lives and reigns supreme with you and the Holy Spirit, world without end. Amen and amen.